Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of WP Review. This episode is going to be a little bit different uh, because it's essentially a three segment episode. I'm going to tell you what's coming down the pike for this show. I'm going to give you my thoughts on the make blog post about open source and the free rider quote unquote problem. And then I am going to play a deep cut from my old creator toolkits podcast about building your mailing list with and without wordpress so first what's coming down the pike i've mentioned here before that i'm trying to position this more less of a a news show and more as a how does wordpress work in in the greater world show as and and specifically creators because the creator economy is growing and so with that in mind i'm working on a series called wordpress versus where i pit wordpress against a bunch of platforms designed for creators and then talk about how i would do it with wordpress weighing the pros and cons so for example one of the first ones up is the platform buy me a coffee a simple donation platform uh, very simple to be honest uh, and then how i would do it with wordpress with say give wp Uh, And then another one perhaps is Teachable, and then how I do it in WordPress with LearnDash or Sensei. So that's what I'm working on. It's taking a little bit longer than I expected, uh, but I want to thank GoDaddy for their support to to be able to make that content happen. I'm really excited. And those episodes will drop kind of as they're done, less on the weekly cadence since the show has been on a little bit of a summer break. So that is what's coming down the pike. In this episode, again, this is going to be a deep cut from Creator Toolkits, uh, where it's building your mailing list with and without WordPress. But I do want to have a little bit of relevant news because I have strong opinions about, again, kind of what this means for the creator economy. And honestly, the, the economy outside people who can physically contribute to WordPress So uh, Josepha has this post over on make.wordpress.org called Open Source and the Free Rider Problem. And she cites the tragedy of the commons, which I've talked about, and you know how I feel about that. Or you can look at my state of the word coverage to figure out how I feel about that. The Free Rider Problem is a little bit different, and I'm reading this directly from Wikipedia. In social sciences, the free rider problem is a type of market failure that occurs when those who benefit from resources, public goods, or services of communal nature do not pay for them or underpay. Free riders are a problem because while not paying for the goods, they may continue to access or consume it. Thus, the good may be underproduced, overused, and degraded. So first of all, first of all, I think there is a strong false dichotomy here because open source software is not a diminishable good. If I'm a free rider who's eating apples I'm not paying for, there are fewer apples for other people to eat. If I am a free rider who's going to a hospital because I'm sick, I am taking up a bed and a doctor and a nurse that someone else now who is paying for it can't. 
Open source software is developed and released and can be downloaded as many times as possible without the product being underproduced, overused, or degraded. So already the free rider problem is, uh, I'm not going to say offensive, but it's certainly a false dichotomy. The other reason I have a problem with this is because WordPress, the WordPress community, the WordPress Foundation celebrates every time we get a single percentage increase in market share. And Matt himself has said that he wants to get to 50% market share. You cannot have that goal and complain about free riders. And I know it's a complaint about free riders because this post talks about how do we solve the free rider problem. We don't solve the free rider problem. If you want, if you want to democratize publishing, you're going to have free riders because you don't, everybody who uses WordPress doesn't know how to code. Everyone who uses WordPress is not as deeply embedded in WordPress as the people who use make.wordpress.org. But if they see stuff like this, right? If I'm going to go download WordPress and I'm like, what's the, I'm a free writer for downloading this free software. I'm just going to go to Teachable and use that instead. It's, it reminds, I, I am thinking about the Tale of Two Keynotes episode I did a few weeks ago, where in the creator economy, it's, yes, let's help everybody make money. We value work and we value that you want to make money. And this post is just another post that makes me think we only value you in so far as you can contribute to us. So the post ends with this. I'll read it directly. The builders and extenders of WordPress are invested in this software being the best for everyone using it. Collectively, we support the creation and maintenance of WordPress through our community and contributors. How can we rebalance the tenacious need for contribution with the immense benefit WordPress brings ev to everyone, including our free riders and contributors? Again, I think if you're, I think this is a false dichotomy or a false analogy maybe is the right word um, because the code is not diminishable code. And yes, maybe there's more support, but I don't think the support growth is exponential on the word, on the contributors in the WordPress foundation. Um, and maybe I'm wrong. And if I'm wrong, somebody tell me that, but I, I, you know, somebody, somebody made a comment. They're not convinced. I think they're making the same, the, the same point I just made. Uh, it was very long, but I just, I'm not sold. And it just continues to push the narrative that the only valuable people in the WordPress community are the ones who contribute to the project in some way. And if you're going to keep talking like that, fine. But when you continue to lose market share because of it, don't wonder why. So there you go. There's my hot take. The hot takes I promise not to give. But again, I you know I, I'm doing this WordPress versus series because I think that WordPress is incredibly valuable for creators, and it just kind of bums me out 
that creators or that people who can't contribute to WordPress are viewed a, are viewed as pejoratively as free riders, right? Uh, using the term free riders and saying free rider problem is a pejorative term. So I want to see WordPress continue to grow. What I want to see less of is complaints about more people using it with those people not contributing. Because if you really want to democratize publishing, then you can't expect everybody to contribute. All right. So that's my, those are my thoughts on that. Keep an eye out for the WordPress versus series that's coming down the pike. Uh, before I get into the Creator Toolkit episode, uh, let's hear a word from our sponsor, GoDaddy Pro. This episode is brought to you by GoDaddy Pro. GoDaddy Pro is an experience tailored specifically to the needs of web designers and developers and helps them more efficiently manage their work and deliver results for their clients. Combining website, client, and project management, GoDaddy Pro is an integrated solution made by and for web professionals. Whether you are new to web design or looking to grow your business, you'll find the tools, products, guidance, and support to help you deliver results for clients. At the heart of GoDaddy Pro is the hub. From one intuitive dashboard, the hub seamlessly brings your sites, clients, and projects together. Manage and monitor all of your clients' WordPress sites from a single place. No more juggling multiple client passwords. With one click, perform bulk updates, backups, and security checks, no matter where your client sites are hosted. You will save time and free up your day. Integrated project management makes it easier to keep track of your client communications and deliver projects on time. Electronically sign, notarize, and store documents. You can create a visual timeline to break down projects into smaller tasks to stay on track and on time. Access all of your client accounts with single sign-on. Through their tailored shopping experience, buy products to help clients grow their business, like powerful e-commerce stores using WooCommerce. You can always reach dedicated, knowledgeable customer support 24-7. On top of that, you'll find a thriving community of web designers and developers who share advice, insights, and learning opportunities. GoDaddy Pro is free to join. Head over to go.me slash WP Review to get started. That's go.me slash WP Review. In this episode, we're going to explore what should be a fundamental tool of any business, the mailing list. We'll look at some of the best services out there and how to integrate them, as well as some simple techniques for building your list. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Creator Toolkit, the podcast about building stuff on the web. I'm Joe Casabona, and today we're going to talk about the mailing list and mailing list services. So why should you build a list? I think that's what we should first talk about. Why should we even collect email addresses? 
When I first started my blog, I wasn't very diligent about this because I didn't see the point. But those emails are the people who become your biggest fans. And those are the people who you can sell your products or services to. They're also the people who will give you feedback. In short, they'll become the community that you can build your business on. So in this episode, we'll explore a few tools for email list building, a regular email form, MailChimp, ConvertKit, and Drip. There are tons more, but I think that these do a nice job of covering the various feature sets out there. So let's get started. First, we'll look at the regular email form. If you're looking to start off simple and free, you could start with a simple homemade form. Using WordPress offers lots of solutions where users can fill out a form and you can get their email address and the submission will be logged into WordPress. The two I recommend are Ninja Forms, which is free, and Gravity Forms, which starts at $39 a year and offers a lot of great features. But you can do the same thing with a Google Form if you're not using WordPress or another website building solution. The benefit here is that you don't have to pay for anything to get started, no matter how many people sign up. So where ConvertKit, for example, limits you to 1,000 subscribers in the basic tier, or MailChimp limits you by a certain number of subscribers, uh, you will never be limited by the amount of people who fill out your form. But there is a big drawback. You have to manage the entire list yourself. That means if someone unsubscribes, you need to delete them off the list. You'll also need to import any new addresses into your email program when you do send out mailings. This can get unwieldy after just a few dozen signups. So you might want to start this way, but moving to a mailing list tool is something you'll want to do quickly once you grow beyond just a, a couple dozen. And I recommend MailChimp as your next step. MailChimp is the perfect tool for managing your email list, and it's free for up to 2,000 users or 12,000 emails sent per month. It gives you everything you need, including simple forms, landing pages, and the ability to maintain multiple lists. So if you have uh, your blog subscribers as one list and people who have purchased from you as another, you can keep those separate and send separate emails and the like. It's an excellent tool that served me really well while I used it, and there are lots of great companies that use it too. There are beautiful templates and it's easy to use. I personally think it's the easiest one that I've used of the bunch. You can integrate with e-commerce stores and when you get to the paid tiers, you can do advanced tagging, segmentation, and all sorts of split or A-B testing. So you can see what titles work, if certain images work better than others and things like that. I'll be the first to admit that I did not use MailChimp uh, to its full potential before I made the jump to what I currently use, which is ConvertKit. So ConvertKit has been tagged as something for bloggers, right? Uh, but in my opinion, ConvertKit is for those looking to take their email list to the next level. I was able to import my MailChimp list, tag users accordingly, and build out all sorts of different segments. So I have one email address and they are tagged as a student, someone who's interested in my coaching program, 
someone who listens to my podcast, etc. I also have lots of different forms and automated email sequences to give my subscribers the most value without bombarding their inbox. For example, instead of emailing my entire list about my HTML and CSS course, I instead only email those who've expressed interest in learning HTML and CSS. And I can filter out those who have already purchased the course to boot. ConvertKit starts at $29 a month for up to 1,000 subscribers. So there is no free tier for ConvertKit. But if you're serious about making money with your email list, I think ConvertKit is hugely helpful for that. I can already see it paying the returns on its investment to me. While I have a modest following, I can segment my list the right way and target the right people, and it's already paid for itself over the last year I've been using it, doing just that. In this next year, I plan to take it to the next level with ConvertKit. But if you want every automation and event tracking tool under the sun, there is something even more powerful and that's Drip. Where MailChimp lets you send emails and ConvertKit lets you know about your users, Drip allows you to know what your users are doing. It acts as both a mailing list and a CRM tool. One of the super cool things about Drip is its purchase intent score. So by tracking your users' actions through email and on your website, They'll give them a score on how likely they are to purchase from you. This is immensely helpful when you're trying to delineate between those who are on the cusp of ready to become a customer or people who are just kicking the tires and signing up for email lists because they like the free information. If you're ready to take your selling to the absolute next level, I think you should try Drip. It's free up to 100 users. Then pricing starts at $49 a month. That makes it the most expensive option we've talked about so far, but it has the potential to be the most valuable. And you can experiment. If you're using ConvertKit or MailChimp right now, take a segment of 100 people from that list, move them to Drip, and see what happens. If it starts to pay dividends for you, then perhaps the $49 a month is totally worth it. I know that if Drip helped me sell one course a month, it would pay for itself. So wrapping up, uh, that's it for this episode. We talked about four email list building tools, a form on your website, MailChimp, ConvertKit, and Drip. If you're just starting out, your own form or MailChimp offers some great features for free. When you're ready to start selling to your list, consider ConvertKit or Drip. And if you want to try your own form first, you can head over to my YouTube channel and see a video on building an email capture form with both Google Forms and Ninja Forms for WordPress. So in this episode, we talked about the tools, but we didn't really talk about the techniques. And I, I want to try to keep these episodes short. So you can look for techniques for building your email list in a future episode. I'm perhaps not the best at that, but I'm trying to be better. And I know that there are a lot of tried and true things out there. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, for the YouTube channel and the videos and all of the show notes, you can go to creatortoolkit.com slash 003. If you liked this episode, be sure to leave a rating and review in Apple Podcasts. 
And if you have any questions or want me to put together a specific toolkit, email me joe at casabona.org or follow me on Twitter at jcasabona. Thanks so much for listening. And until next time, get out there and build something. Mm-hmm.